You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. How is everybody feeling today? That bad, huh? Well, that's on you. I can't control your life. What do you want from me? I got I got my own things I'm worried about, all right? This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Plenty to keep us busy, plenty to keep us occupied as we run through it all over the next uh, 60 minutes. So, of course, let's roll. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The uh, follower push on Instagram is ferocious as that Eagles passing attack in the second half yesterday. Hopefully you were not like me having the Eagles plus four and a half, just looking for any kind of score whatsoever. For the love of God, you were up 10 nothing. But lots to do. All the week 11 football action, Cardinals and Niners with as all-time a bad beat as you could possibly have. Thank God I didn't go there, at least. Scott Van Pelt could do a, a, that game for a month with his bad beat segment. Luckily for me, though, I went to Texans yesterday. Aha! See, no last-second losses for me. I get blown out right out of the box. That's the way I roll. That bet was so bad, I actually called 1-800-GAMBLER to complain. You know, they say all the time, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, I got a problem. The Texans aren't even remotely competitive in this game. They blew the pass interference call right off the bat. The lady was very nice. She said that's not really what they do. But anywho, uh, lots to run through this weekend. The Astros cheating scandal deepens. The list of bad ideas for punishment just keeps getting worse all the time. Seriously, I implore you, if you want to have, if you want to do your own little show in your head, right? If you listen to the station all day today, right? You listen to, to DiPietro Canty and Rothenberg. You listen to the Michael K show this afternoon. Listen closely when that topic comes up and when people call in with their suggestions. And the first one you hear say to yourself, wow, chances are you'll hear and you'll say to yourself, man, that, that's a terrible idea. But wait, hold on to it in your head and then wait for the next caller to call in and suggest something else. And I'm, I'm betting a dollar to a donut that it's going to be even worse. So um, we'll we'll get into that a little bit because the news over the weekend in regards to the Astros should actually point the punishment in a very realistic position. So we'll get into that. Also, don't know if you've heard, you know, we uh, broke down last week on Friday the play that was completely overlooked. Nobody was talking about it at all until we brought it up. And that was the Miles Garrett play. Nobody even noticed it. It was completely flew under the radar. And then we brought it up and every all of a sudden everybody was talking about it. Well, I don't know if you've heard. But Colin Kaepernick had a workout over the weekend. I it's it's top secret. Nobody's touched on it yet. Nobody's talked about it. Nobody's focused on it. But I got some thoughts. So we'll touch on that in a little while. If you've had, if you, honestly though, if you've not heard about that, good God, please let me know how you do it. Because I, I would love to know. But let's start with the real NFL action. Week 11 uh, around the NFL. And at this time, right, if you're an NFL fan, you realize week 11 is about the time where you start to, you know, you get to really find out the real contenders. They start to separate themselves, right? And things change from week to week with the NFL being as important, each individual game carrying the importance that it does. But we're getting into late November now. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. 
And this week was nice, primarily, because we didn't have to watch the Giants. The Giants were on their bye week. Thank God we didn't have to sit for four hours and watch that ineptitude. But, of course, that was offset by the fact that the Jets were going up against the Washington Redskins, the 1-8 Washington Redskins, whose only win this year came by a single point against Miami. That's the difference between them having zero wins and still being in the chase for the top overall pick and having one win and chase, I mean, an insurmountable lead that the Cincinnati Bengals have considering the fact that they have made it clear they have no intentions of winning even a single game this year or have the ability to. And really what you've seen, if, you know, if tanking is a conversation, not one we're going to have really today, but you've seen here, if you want to tank in the NFL, more important than anything else, coach, offensive line, playmakers, uh, system. If you just want to tank, if you want to throw away a season to simply get the best draft pick you can, the number one most important thing is simply to have a quarterback who is completely overwhelmed. Because if you have a quarterback who is completely overwhelmed, it's next to impossible for you to win even a single game. Now, the Jets went out yesterday, beat Washington 37-17. to Now, I did not watch most of the second half. I did not watch most of the fourth quarter, mainly because I'm not a sadist. I don't hate myself to that degree. Uh, but you got everything you needed to know pretty much from the first half. Jets came out for a fourth straight week, scored a touchdown on their opening drive. They followed that up with another touchdown a couple of drives later. Sam Darnold finished statistically best day of the year, 19 of 30, 293 yards, four touchdowns, including one to Jamison Crowder. Uh, that was in the moment that it happened. That was a beautiful pass, as pretty a throw and catch as you've seen from him uh, all season. Play came together perfectly, no real pressure. Crowder's open, perfect pass, everything strikes, boom. Jets with six more sacks. Jamal Adams had three of them, so big day for him. I'm sure he was you know, touting himself for the Hall of Fame after the game. So that's the story of the game. So what are the takeaways from the game? Well, I guess if you're a Jet fan, right, and certainly want to hear from you, 1-800-919-ESPN, it's nice in an actual game from really start to finish to see your foundational pieces actually perform well in a game, not just in little snip here or there, one play here or one play there, throughout the game, the Jets dominated that game. Their quarterback played really well. Their defense played really well. They shut down Washington's offense pretty much from, from jump. And even when things did go wrong, when the Jets were up, I believe it was 13 nothing. It was uh, Sam Darnold threw just a, an inexplicable uh, interception with a ball that he clearly should have just thrown away. And had Washington been able to capitalize, who knows, maybe that's a little bit of a different game, right? They had two opportunities to get back in the game when it was 13 nothing, and uh, Washington was not able to do really anything. They were able to get one field goal. They hit the other field goal attempt, uh, hit off the upright, and away you go. Jets roll to a, uh, a uh, an easy win. So if you're someone who just wants to turn on the game on Sunday, watch your team win, and then you don't really focus on it at any other time, like you don't live and die with the team day in and day out, uh, then I guess Sunday, you know, that was a team, a good team win. You don't care about anything else. Well, live it up, party up. Um, I don't know how anyone's takeaways watching that game and watching both teams on the field 
can be anything other than the Redskins are completely inept. I mean, they are as now. I haven't watched the Bengals this year, and a couple of weeks, I guess the uh, the Jets play the Bengals, so maybe I'll feel differently about it at the time. But I think it's safe to say there is no more dysfunctional team in the NFL currently than the Washington Redskins. They've already fired their coach. Their owner seems to be just an absolute nightmare. The organization seems to be an absolute nightmare. And it's crazy because I was reading some of the articles after the game yesterday and and reading some from Washington. One of the headlines was, as the Redskins approach rock bottom, approach? They're only approaching rock bottom? They're one and nine. They have not scored a touchdown now in 16 quarters. That's the longest streak in the NFL in 20 years. And they're only approaching rock bottom? I would think at this point they were at the Earth's core. They were so far down. They have no ability to do basically anything. They were inept. That was as close as you could get to a sparring match. And look, for the Jets, they took advantage. They played well. The quarterback looked good. Maybe that builds some confidence moving forward. I don't know. We'll see. Next week, you play the, the 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 Raiders. Go out and play even remotely close to as you did on Sunday, and then maybe you can delude yourself into thinking things are moving in the right direction. But it's crazy to me. I have a bad memory. I, I my memory is 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 shot. Maybe it's the the four hours of sleep a night. I don't know. Maybe I just never had a really good memory. I don't remember because I got a bad memory. But I remember just a couple of weeks ago. When the Jets were a complete mess and everybody pointing out, rightfully so, all the problems on the team. So now we're going to be led to believe because they went out and played Washington and they played well. Right. Great. You beat the most dysfunctional team in the NFL. And what's scary is for all the people, and rightfully so, that complain about Christopher Johnson and his decisions running the Jets. I would think in his heart of hearts, Christopher Johnson realizes, he might not say it out loud because it's not the type of thing you say out loud. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't think that he's some unbelievable NFL owner that knows all the ins and outs of the league. He got the thing kind of dropped in his lap from his brother. The problem for Washington is that Daniel Snyder actually thinks he knows what he's doing, despite all the evidence. So, yeah, Sam Darnold showed some progress against Washington. Great. But you see some of the headlines and some of the takeaways. Jet cynics need to stay away right now. Why? They beat Washington. Ain't afraid of no ghosts. Darnold delivers career game. Yes. Can you not even... Don't you consider all the factors involved? I don't need to hear about some meeting that Adam Gates and Sam Darnold had. And that that's the reason why they looked as good as they did on Sunday. No, I think the reason they looked as good as they did on Sunday were they were playing Washington. If you're talking a big game after beating the Redskins, I mean, that's really embarrassing. If you want to take bows, go right ahead. Just realize all of us here back on planet Earth are kind of snickering behind your back. 
So our poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Dame, or who knows how it's going to go. But it is. The Jets won their second straight yesterday, beating the Redskins 37-17. to In your mind, that game spoke more about which team? Was it the Jets? Do you think the Jets have now figured something out? And that this is a sign that they're moving forward in the right direction, seeing good progress out of Sam Darnold, seeing some progress from the running game. Jets were running left and right yesterday. You see the weapons, the tight ends getting involved, Jamison Crowder getting involved. Or do you think it really speaks more about where Washington is at right now? 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Coming up, we'll get some of your phone calls involved. we got to uh, touch on everything from week 11. We got to touch on how things have gotten worse for the Astros or, or better if you want to see the Astros really punished in a significant way that actually could exist. Not taking away their World Series title, not, uh, not banishing them from the postseason, not preventing them from ever signing another free agent for the next five years or any of the other ridiculous things you've already heard. We'll touch on Kaepernick. All, everything is up on the table. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Or who did uh, yesterday's game really speak more to? Uh, the current state of the Jets or the current state of the Redskins? You can vote on that there. I don't even think it's close. It should not be close. We'll see how close it is by the end of the day. Uh, that game told you more about where the Redskins are at more than uh, where the Jets are at. And all you need to know, all you need to know is how bad the Redskins are, more so than the fact that they're now 1-9, more so than the fact that they've already changed their head coaches, more so than the fact that they're clearly playing with a quarterback who is completely overwhelmed right now. And whether or not he is salvageable, uh, who knows? I mean, if he remains on the Redskins, I have a pretty good bet. The answer will be no. Um, not more so than the fact they have not scored a uh, – uh, you know, a touchdown and, and forever, basically. Uh, their offense is completely inept. Uh, they have now been outscored. No one is ever going to confuse this current time period with the, uh, the, the heyday of Jets and Giants football. But all you need to know now is that the Redskins this season have lost two games to the Jets and Giants so far by a combined score of 61-20. to 20. So that uh, kind of tells you with where they are at where they are at. So you can vote on the poll question that's up on Twitter, at Gordon Dan. We'll get to your phone calls in just a second. I did want to touch on the Astros story, which had another development over the weekend. Uh, and uh, it's one that uh, just can tie, can, can, kind of continues to just kind of spiral, right? Like we keep getting new details and new videos, and uh, John Boy on Twitter is able to find all these things consistent. I mean, the guy's cranking it out. He must have a staff like Google to be cranking out these things left and right. Every couple of hours, it seems like, oh, here's another example. Oh, here's another example. So the uh, st- uh, sign-stealing case against the Astros. We got a, a story over the weekend that in August of 2017, as the Astros were getting ready for the playoffs, a front office executive emailed others in the organization about the desire to steal signs in an email that was obtained by The Athletic. In the email, the executive said that Astros scouts should try to steal signs from the stands and suggested cameras could be used to do so. Now, just trying to steal signs, that would not, I don't think necessarily, that's not against the rules. Now, you're not allowed to relay that to the dugout in real time. And certainly, suggesting that a camera be used is certainly illegal. Quote, one thing in specific we are looking for 
is picking up signs coming out of the dugout, the sender wrote in the 2017 email. Quote, what we are looking for is how much we can see, how we would log things if we need cameras slash binoculars, etc. So go to the game, see what you can or can't do, and report back your findings. Now, again, the email is not uh, a complete smoking gun, I guess. But considering all the other evidence, which is pretty clear at this point, it's clear what we already kind of knew, that the that Major League Baseball has to come down hard on not just the Astros in terms of what they've already accomplished or the World Series and come up with a punishment that punishes them for what they've already done, but it has to be a punishment that shows all other major league teams, if you had ever done this before or were thinking about doing this, well, this is what the the punishment's even going to be more severe than this the next time. And it has to be a real detriment. So now that we, or I mean, this story is not really that old. For them already to be finding emails of executives suggesting things that clearly took place is just another sign that Not just A.J. Hinch, who cannot possibly defend himself, cannot possibly come up with a defense that would would be reasonable, that he did not know that this was going on. And also, uh, John Boy over the weekend found video of the setup just outside of the dugout. Computer there, a towel hanging up so nobody can see in, the garbage can sitting right there, a headset sitting right there. I mean, that's about as much of a smoking gun as you could possibly have without a time machine to go back and walk in there and see what was going on. So the punishment should not just be for the people that were involved coming up with this program, i.e. Carlos Beltran. It should not just be for the manager who clearly knew what was going on. And at this point, I think that forget about suspension. I think that A.J. Hinch almost has to lose his job. I mean, he really should be out of a job. He obviously knew this stuff was going on. Now, I think that that might be uh, expecting too much. And I do think that whatever the punishment is, considering the suggestions that have been thrown out there and just what the punishment really should be, I think that the punishment will turn out to be very underwhelming. Major League Baseball has a very tough task on their hand. Uh, But I think now that you're starting to see that the executives within the the offices of the, the team, it's getting harder and harder for Jeff Lunau to come up with any plausible deniability that he didn't know that this was going on and that this was not under his direction. It's up to him to know everything that's going on to begin with. But it's almost impossible now that there's emails within the league offices that this is the type of thing that they were thinking about and talking about, that it's kind of hard for him to be able to deny that he had real knowledge of this program. And I don't understand if he did have knowledge of the program as the general manager of the team how he does not lose his job as a result of this. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776 is the phone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is uh, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. All right, let's get some phone calls in because um, I've been blabbing a lot. Let's go out to, uh, let's see, D in Queens. D, what's going on, my man? What's going on, man? Like, I, you know, I know you're going to get into the Kaepernick thing. You yeah. got one of your colleagues, Stephen A., going back and forth. With a player. I appreciate that you put me and Stephen A. in the same category. I appreciate that. Go ahead, D. All right, but it's comical to me. 
that before Saturday, Eric Reed and what's the name doesn't get along, Malcolm Jenkins, both of them was like, yeah, I don't know about this. And everyone had in their mind that the NFL wasn't on the up and up. And if you want any more proof that the NFL does things shady, look at the pass interference rule where they didn't want to implement it. They implement it. They do everything to undermine it. So you have to make the leap that the NFL is on the up and up and Kaepernick was just bugging out for no reason. That's the part that's comical to me. Like, the NFL has shown what it's about over and over. It's the only league I can think of where players seem like they openly want to fight the commissioner, like in a boxing match. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I think all the uh, – look, I mean, maybe maybe more so in the NFL, D. You might be right there that the uh, in terms of the player reaction to the commissioner is uh, as bad as it, as it can be. Um, maybe. Uh, I'll get into the Kaepernick stuff in a bit. Uh, to me, the pass interference stuff, it's almost like it's a, a coup by the actual referees. Like they put this rule in place and no matter what, the referees refuse to institute what the – I mean, at this point, the NFL has to – I think after the – look, maybe the rule is going to be one and done anyway, but I mean – it's almost like they have to say to the referees, either start calling this properly and stop caring about losing face and, 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 and looking bad. I mean, it can't look any worse than it is right now. I mean, the call or the non-call, I guess, on, um, on Hopkins, on the Texans on Sunday. I mean, that was as blatant as you could possibly have. And it's just the latest example of that it doesn't matter what the play actually is. The refs, if they don't call it in real time, they ain't calling it later. They are stop trying to review it. It's a compl- it's taking a timeout and setting it on fire and throwing it in the toilet. I mean, there's there, you you're got you're getting absolutely nothing out of it. And look, it's a huge play. I get the risk versus the reward generally, right? Like if you can get a third, you know, especially that play, it took took place in the end zone. So if you get the call there. You're, you're sitting at the one-yard line, and who knows? Maybe the game plays out differently. It was a blowout, so maybe not. But I get the risk versus the reward. It certainly, in a vacuum, would make sense to use your challenges on a play like that because if you, it, it's it, it's more valuable than, than almost any other play. But you've seen at this point, no, the referees, uh, they, they have made their – they have put their line in the sand, and they said that uh, no matter what, we are not uh, basically – basically never overturn it uh let's go to chris in queens chris what's going on man hey gordon do you uh place this astros thing i mean with all the high-tech stuff and preliminary evidence and possibly the same category of like the p rose thing and the black Sox thing of cheating in baseball what do you think man? well i mean those things you know uh the pete rose thing was really uh, i mean that was terrible because you know he's a manager but i guess you'd kind of put it in that I think I would put it in that. Yeah, I mean, it calls into the the integrity of the game. Now, I wouldn't put it as the Black Sox thing because they had a direct hand in in, in affecting it, right? Like, even if the Astros know what's coming, they still kind of have to be able to perform, right? Like, just because you know what's coming doesn't necessarily mean that you'll always be successful. It gives you a pretty good head start, and there's a reason why it's illegal. And baseball came out and told you that very season – Right, the, the the 2017 is the same year that the Red Sox got caught doing the thing with the Apple Watches. So baseball came out that year and said, absolutely, do not do something like this. And you'd have to think that the Astros were doing it at that point and continue to do it. The idea that the Astros 
saw the light as has been uh, has been floated. Oh well, they didn't do it in the playoffs. Yeah, I find that hard to. So when the games became more important, they said, you know what? This is all well and good to pad our stats during the regular season, but now that these games are super important, let's get away from this super effective way of 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 winning games. That seems like it's kind of hard to believe. Well, we don't want to get caught. Cheaters never care about getting caught. It wasn't like Barry Bonds was doing all those steroids and then said, you know, as he got close to the home run record, you know, I really got to stop this. This is crazy. This is madness. People can't get me out. People are going to talk. No, they don't care. They only care about the results. And you know what? In fairness to the Astros, well, not in fairness, but they're not going to take away the World Series title. The World Series still took place. We watched it all. They won. And so whatever the punishment is, I, I, I would think that when we find it out, we'll know for sure. But whatever the punishment is, it will be worth it. It will be worth it because they got a World Series out of it. And that's, I mean, it sends a terrible message. And baseball's got to try to figure out some sort of punishment that makes it so that it does not seem like it was worth it. But it's going to be kind of hard to do. Let's go out to uh, Ali in Bay Ridge. Ali, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? So just moving forth with baseball, um, I think they need to implement something where, you know how, like in football, the offensive coordinator can, can speak to the quarterback? So right. something in that terms where like the catcher and the pitcher communicate through some sort, like, sort of like ear play, earpiece or something like that. Right. I mean, you know, just with technology today, it's easy to pick up on things. Uh, also, I, I wonder how many. Uh, other I'll just say, teams- Ali, just before you get to your next point, I will just say, how do we know that a team won't come up with some way to to, to uh, intercept those messages? Right? I mean, like, or well, you'll get the Bill Belichick, where all of a sudden their, their that system will go down in a big spot in a playoff game. Oh, look at that! Your system's well, not working somehow. Well, you know what? Which leads me to my next conspiracy. So right. baseball was struggling with offense, right? Now, yeah. this was my other point, but baseball was struggling with offense for a number of years after the steroid era. Yeah. So maybe they figure, you know what, let's have these teams steal the signs so the, the offense will have an advantage against the pitching and, uh, you know, we can produce more offense. But so you think that baseball stuff. is in on it? Yeah. I'm not a big conspiracy guy, uh, mainly because conspiracies force you to believe two diametrically opposed things, right? Like there's this big secret that, you know, some power or some entity is able to pull off, but yet – even though they can control everything, there's these little clues that you and I can kind of figure out. It just kind of it, it defies reason. I'm not saying that there's none of them. In terms of fixing the problem, it would seem like the, fi- the problem is pretty easily fixed. Catchers and pitchers are going to have to come up with more complex systems of, of relaying signs, things that are not as easily as decipherable um, as they have been. And it seems like in the playoffs – you know, the uh, the Nationals were worried about the Astros stealing their signs. They went to a more complex system, and it kind of took care of the problem on its own. So that part of it, I think, is kind of easy. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. First and ten. It's Cousin. And he'll throw. And he's got Rudolph. And he's got an open path to the end zone. Minnesota's got their first lead on a 36-yard touchdown pass. Cousins to Rudolph. All right, so there you go. The, uh, the call of the uh, Vikings come from behind win yesterday, down 20 to nothing. I believe they're the first team in 100 tries to be down 20 to nothing at halftime. I think that was the stat that I saw yesterday. And come back and win, so good win for them. 
Uh, Broncos had some opportunities late in that game and uh, did not handle them well. They, they got down there but uh, weren't able to pull it off, so uh, the uh, Vikings able to get another win. Uh, one of the uh, really uh, good games, and there were not that many. Uh, in the uh, especially in the early window yesterday, a lot of the games were just uh, complete blowouts. The Colts Jaguars game, which you thought might be uh, kind of interesting, that turned out to be a blowout. Um, obviously, the Bills blew away Miami. The Saints and Buccaneers game was not really all that close. The Jets game, the Falcons with another weird performance against um, a team that you figure, all right, they're on the road. Uh, you know. The Panthers should be able to do something. They weren't able to do anything. The Ravens and Texans game, which was just a complete blowout. The two good games yesterday um, were really in the in the late kind of the four o'clock window. The uh, the Niners Cardinals game, which in, in terms of betting, that one was fascinating because it turns out at the end if you um, if you are betting on, I know uh, Sunday morning Fanduel had the line at nine and a half. And if you uh, were tempted to take Arizona in that game at nine and a half, and you did, uh, well, boy, you, you, you were having a rough Sunday as a result of that. And then, of course, the Patriots and Eagles game, which was not really, um, you know, the highest, uh, you know, you like a little bit of offense. And the Eagles were just not able to do anything in the second half. The receivers, uh, uh, Aguilar with the, the drop on the miracle, uh, the touchdown there, he could have been able to pull that in. It would have been a fantastic catch, but still – it was right there for him and uh, was not able to do it. And um, Carson Wentz did not look very good in that game either. So rough uh, rough game for the Eagles there as they dropped to 5-5 five and five on the season. But the one thing I did want to kind of touch on from the uh, the weekend, and it was not from Sunday, it was from Saturday. And let's get it out of the way, is the uh, Colin Kaepernick story. And I say get it out of the way because at this point, after this much time, the story's not really all that fascinating to me. So Colin Kaepernick has his workout on Saturday. You heard about it, right? Everybody's been writing about it, talking about it. First, it was set up by the NFL. And then at the last minute, he refused that and decided to hold his own workout because the cameras were not allowed, right? So what's the takeaway here, right? Because everybody's got one. Well, I'm guessing because there's been so much time, so much back and forth, that whatever your take was going into the weekend, I'm sure that your take is the same thing coming out of the weekend. If you're of the belief that Colin Kaepernick can still be a quarterback in the NFL, you'll look at the video of him throwing the ball downfield and say, see, look, he's hitting this guy 50 yards down the field. The arm strength is still there. He's still able to do it. If you think that Colin Kaepernick has been blackballed by the NFL, you look at the details of the original workout, the waiver they were asking him to sign, and you'll say, see, you can't trust the NFL. I told you so. If you're on the other side of things and you think that Kaepernick at this point really just wants the media attention, that he doesn't really want to play, has no real intention of, of, uh, of abiding by whatever the rules were for the NFL on uh, Saturday, you can look at his decision at the last minute after the NFL has set this thing up and he decides to to walk away from it and go do his own thing, you can completely say, see, I told you so. See, this guy doesn't really want to do it. So no matter what side you're on, either one, you can pretty much say what you've already been saying. And I'll be honest with you. I have felt for a while, mainly because this is the case when he left the NFL, I don't think he is good enough 
to be a starting quarterback. Now, can he be on a roster? Of course he can be on a roster. Luke Falk was on a roster. And that guy can't play at all. No offense. He can play more than me, but still he can't play at all. So, yes, could could Colin Kaepernick be on a roster? Sure. And I'm not. I, I'm someone who feels that way, who has no problem with him getting a chance. Go get your chance. He deserves a chance. There's a lot worse guys in the league right now. So go get a chance. But it's pretty clear at this point that NFL teams are not going to bend over backwards for some guy in any kind of situation should be a backup quarterback. That's what he should be at this stage. I think the NFL only put this together as a requirement of the collusion case, some sort of legal requirement. And I also think that if there is anyone within the league offices who wants to give Kaepernick a shot, and I don't know that that's the case because I definitely think that they uh, they, they just want this issue to go away, which is really weird that they would schedule the workout if they just wanted to go away. But anywho, um, I think that they wanted to see not just that he could play football, but also that he could play the game. And he made it clear on Saturday, while he might be able to play – and throw a football and play in the NFL at some level, he has no intention to play in the game. And I get his lack of trust in the NFL, but mostly I'm like you. I think of him and his situation exactly what I thought going into the weekend. And the, my main takeaway is I don't really care. If he gets a job, it's not going to change my life. If he doesn't get a job, it's not going to change my life. one 800 espn is the phone number. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more calls here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rob is in Asbury Park. Rob, go, my man. Hey, how are you? First time calling here. Thanks. Uh, you know, I just, just listening to all the calls about, uh, you know, the Astros and stuff. One thing just doesn't make any sense to me, and maybe you can shed some light on it, is there, there are players that play on Houston, and they're all in on it because you can't have the 25th guy not know, but the right. 24th guy know. They get traded to other teams, and they get to play against Houston in important games, in playoff games, World Series games, so on. Houston doesn't seem to care, the players, the management, the ownership. I mean, that's just my theory on it, is that they don't care that they're doing it. They're, they've been stealing signs in the league forever, you know, different ways, you know, hand on their hip, hit the sure. cap, all this stuff. So maybe it's just something that everybody knows it goes on, but... Somebody spoke up finally at this point. Rob, that's possible. And it's possible. Look, sign stealing has, is not new. Uh, the new aspect of it is is that they were using a camera, and that's illegal. And Major League Baseball has come out and said that that's illegal. And you have to factor in as well, you know, there were, there were other teams listed in that, uh, that report. I think it was the Rangers and the Brewers. Uh, nobody's going to focus on them. It's because they're not successful. So it, and, and when you look at the home and road splits – it was not just that they were successful. On the road where they were not able to use their system, they were double A players. I mean, they were they were minor league players based on performance. At home during that playoff run, they were all time epic Hall of Famers. So it tells you that it was not just somewhat effective. It was uber effective and it was illegal. And Major League Baseball said it was illegal that year. So 
I think the fact that they seemingly changed the system after 2017, maybe they did that based on the fact that, you know, some guys maybe moved on. Other guys went to different organizations. Carlos Beltran moved on. So maybe that's why they decided to change it up. But whether unless other teams were using something similar where they're using a camera to relay that information to the dugout, and maybe the Astros are the victims of coming up with the best system, the most effective system. But they did. Uh, it, the evidence is pretty clear at this point that they did. So you have to, if you're Major League Baseball, you have to punish them for what they've already did, and you also have to provide a detriment, unless you want this type of thing to happen every single year. Because if you come up with some slap on the wrist like Major League Baseball did in the past with an undisclosed fine, and I mean slap on the wrist this time as in, oh, we're going to fine them $5 million. That is not a punishment. That's not a punishment at all. Every team would be willing to take that risk for $5 million. You have to come up with something that hammers them for what they did, but also show other teams don't ever get involved in this. And I think as the evidence starts to trickle in, and this is still a new thing, if it turns out that Major League Baseball has evidence that the Astros' front office knew about this kind of thing, well, then I think there's only one one conclusion to draw. It's that the, the, the GM has to be fired. How else would you go about it? Just leave the guy in his job when it's clear he's willing to break any rule? Rules that Major League Baseball has come out that year and said, you don't break these rules? Seems a bit of a stretch. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This Monday, November 18th, are three big things from the show today, in case you're just joining us. A, Jets yesterday went out and beat, I think, clearly the most dysfunctional team in the NFL. Now, if you're a Jet fan and uh, you don't care about uh, things that happen during the course of the week or really what the overall direction, you just want to watch your team win on Sunday, well, then you got what you wanted. You certainly got you wanted yesterday, but our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter at Gordon Damer, is uh, which team really did that game speak mostly to? And I don't really think that it's really all that close or should be close. That game yesterday spoke to the dysfunction of the Washington Redskins and just how bad. Uh, I mean, think about where they're at right now. They are 1-9. Their one win came by a single point against Miami which went for two for some reason and came up with the most illogical play that they could ever think of. They've now been outscored, Washington, by the Jets and Giants, not exactly uh, world beaters, by a combined score of 61-20. to And their offense looks about as anemic as any offense you could ever see. And for all the talks about Christopher Johnson being uh, you know, a terrible owner, uh, hold my beer because Daniel, jo- uh, Daniel Snyder has uh, something to say about that. And in any conversation of bad sports owner, Daniel Snyder it has to be at the top of the list. So that's one thing. Second thing is the Astros cheating scandal. More details over the weekend now involving emails within the uh, team's front office. And if it turns out that those emails can eventually be tied to Jeff Lunau and that he knew, not even that he directed, but that he knew what was going on, uh, to me, he has to be out of a job. And then the third thing is that Colin Kaepernick had his workout over the weekend, and I, make, I guess my main takeaway, uh, outside of the fact that everybody's going to believe what they believed before, was that Kaepernick maybe was able to show, and I think that you kind of knew this already, that he can play football. He could certainly come in right now and be on an NFL roster. But what he really proved to me, anyway, uh, was that he can't play the game. And that's, I think, part of what maybe some NFL teams wanted to see. If you want to say, I will do anything to get my shot again, 
Uh, you can't then cancel the workout at the last second. Dan in Queens. Dan, quickly, my friend. We're running out of time. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, Washington horrendous. Didn't score in 16 quarters. I bet the Jets. Every team is cheating, whoever gets caught. And um, I just support Stephen A. Smith. Kaepernick is a fraud. He's a big-time fraud, and uh, it showed this weekend. Thank you. All right, there you go. Dan wraps up the show. Yeah, Look, I, I think that he can certainly play. Uh, I felt like he could play at any point, but no, no team in the NFL is going to bend over backwards for some, you know, for a guy that I mean, you'd have to say when he left three years ago, he was a backup quarterback essentially, and uh, that three years later, you're not going to get better after not playing for three years. So, can he play? Can he be in the roster? Of course, but uh, will he? I don't think so. That's going to do it for us for today. If you did not get us on the old uh, phones, you can certainly hit us up on Twitter. The poll question is up there. The podcast will be up later today. We'll see you tomorrow at 5. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.